Hey, music fans, welcome back to ESPN The Music. I am your host, Daniel Dopp. Very excited to be here today. Singer-songwriter Matt Hires. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm doing good. It's good to be here. I'm glad you're here. So tell me, why are you here today? Usually I say that because I haven't already met with the artist, but I know exactly why you're here today. I'm here because I'm, I'm on tour through the area and, you know, we kind of know each other. Just so. kind of hanging out. Yeah. Having a good time. That's <laughs> yeah. fair. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So uh, you're doing a handful of shows, uh, you know, a couple of weeks coming through and playing. Um, what, what cities have you been hitting up so far? So far I did two nights in New York and um, Philly and some random town in Maryland called Accident, Maryland. <laughs> wow. Accident, Maryland. Yeah. Okay. I played there on purpose. Right. That's awesome. I've never even heard. I lived in Maryland. I've never it's heard like of It's like way out, like Western Maryland. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then you got another week after this of, mm-hmm. of doing some stuff and some house shows in between. Yeah. Doing a few house shows, playing up at um, Dartmouth College and playing Boston and nice. a few other towns. Yeah. So the last time that we talked, we're going to take it back a little bit to the beginning. The last time we talked, you were living in Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Tampa. Uh, That's where I was born and raised. So that means that you've got a lot of, or at least some of your sports ties come from that area? Yeah, pretty much all of them do. I was, my my grandfather was like a big, big football guy. And so growing up, I I watched a lot of um, Florida Gators games and Tampa Bay Buccaneers football. And so, especially during that era, now the, the, the Buccaneers have sort of come back around to it, but they were not very good teams. And so I've, <laughs> I've sort of grown up with that my whole life. But some, I think one of my first, some of my first words we're go get them fighting gators. No way. That's <laughs> awesome. That means you were, that's how you know you were raised right. Yeah, to have somebody to make so. sure. <laughs> that's funny. So then you took, uh, you know, you've lived in Tampa for a real long time and you mm-hmm. just moved to Nashville. Yeah. Um, which, as for a musician, I mean, that seems like it could be a, a good move. You think it's uh, been good for you so far? Yeah, it's been good. Maybe not for like the reasons that most people moved to Nashville like I'm not I'm probably playing in Nashville about the same amount that I did before but the good things for me have been like it's centrally located so I can it makes touring a lot easier right and just like the strong like community of songwriter friends that I have there we just like push each other and encourage each other to to write a lot and so it's been great for me as a songwriter in that sense like I've been a lot more prolific this year yeah I'm writing a lot more songs do you feel like in that respect, so you've been writing more songs. You've got you. You talk about having other people to help push you. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you were longing for when you were in Tampa, or you just feel it more now that you're in Nashville? Yeah, it, it was one of those things that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really know it was something that I kind of needed, but I do need that because I'm not like, I'm not one of those songwriters that just like pumps out songs. Right. So it's good for me to have people like driving me to do that we have this group called um called scotch and songs and it's pretty much self-explanatory but it's a group of us that get together we share a bottle of scotch we share like new songs we do it every other week and the goal is to have a new song like each time every other week together you drink an entire bottle of scotch i mean it's between like five guys okay (laughs) that's fair that's fair there's nothing wrong with that um Um, but yeah, that's been great for me to keep me on my toes. Heck yeah, man. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so now since you moved to Nashville, how has that changed the way – I mean, you grew up born and raised in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Some of those ties run deep with your sports teams. So how does that change the way, you know, when you move to a new city that is, you know, you're going to call home now? 
I mean, I'm still I'm still a Buccaneers fan and still a Lightning fan, actually. So probably about a month after we moved up, um, my wife and I went to a Predators game when they were playing the Lightning. And I've been to a lot of Lightning games and – I don't I don't know if this is just like I assumed all hockey games were like this. It was like super family friendly, like everybody's just having a good time, which is weird for like such a violent right. sport. <laughs> right. It was much more like family friendly and fun than football games I've been to. So we show up at the Predators game and the fans are intense and um <laughs> it was it wasn't great being a, a lightning fan there. But it was I would I definitely want to go back to some more games this year. Um when they're not playing the lightning because it right. would be more fun than when they're playing my team. <laughs> right, exactly. I know how that goes. Yeah. I understand that. That's one of those things where I feel like you move to a community and that doesn't mean that they're going to completely take over the place of, of where you know the lightning are in your heart. Mm-hmm. But all your friends probably go to those games. Yeah, you got people. Like, you want to be able to like still be a part of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. So that's rad. And you are, correct me if I'm wrong, a pretty big fantasy player as well you're not wrong yeah i'm for about like five years now i've been way into fantasy football i kind of went through this this lull where i didn't um i didn't really follow football much at all um and so five years ago a dude who i'm friends with who um was a tour manager for this artist eric hutchinson um he was just like hey i'm doing a fantasy football league you should join up it'll just be like you don't even have to pay attention that much. You just set your lineup like five minutes a week, you know, no big deal. And um, little did he know what he was opening up. Right. And I just went like full into it and I love it. And lo- it, it made me like really love football again. Absolutely. And for those that, that don't know or maybe for those that do and didn't realize, mm-hmm. Eric Hutchinson is who wrote the theme song for the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast with Matthew Barry and Field Yates, yeah. uh, which is the podcast that I produce. And so uh, last time Eric was here for Nate's final show. Oh, yeah, I listened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said to to him, I said, I heard that you play in a fantasy league with Matt Hires and that he has beaten you before. Is this true? <laughs> and he was not, he was very gracious about it, was unhappy that he had in fact lost to you. Okay. Uh, but... It seemed like, you know, he made it sound like it was a fun league to be able to play. Yeah, it was a league that um, me and a friend of mine who's a radio DJ at a station in Minneapolis, we sort of started it and it was half artists and then like half radio people. Um, So it was a lot of fun and I... I won the league. I was the champion. So nice. It was you can brag about that. I'm here. Like this, if there's any place to brag about it, this is the place to do it. Yeah, that was the only. So most of the leagues I play in, I do like two or three a year, and most of them are like just for fun and like bragging rights. And there's one or two a year that are for money, and that's the only league, like the only money league I've won. Right, which was pretty great. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you a standard scoring or a PPR? So actually, I'm in three leagues this year. Um, each one is a little different, which I like. One is all standard, but it's a 12-team league. The other two are 10-team leagues, um, but one's half-point PPR, and one is a two-quarterback league. Oh, wow. Okay. I kind of like the two-quarterback thing. It gives the gives the position a little more value. Like it, I'm finding that these days in a standard like 10-team league, the quarterback doesn't have a ton of value because you can easily get you can stream one guys. Yeah, yeah. One that's fine. So, um, Especially in a 10-team league, right? You've got 10 starting quarterbacks and then another 
10, quote unquote, that are people using as their backups. Right. So there's a good 12 guys that are just sitting on the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. And inevitably, just because of the way the year works out, one or two of those guys are just going to blow up anyways. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. And I found that like they have – who was it I had? I, like you can't get trade value out of a really good quarterback just no. because there are so many. Yep. Decent ones, at least, yep. on waivers and stuff. So the 2QB thing is fun. Is football the only thing that you are a big fantasy player in? Yeah, I uh, because I get so into it, <laughs> I'm afraid to try anything else. Because fo- the football season is short, and I think that's good for me. Like If right. I was to get into fantasy baseball, it would just like take up my whole year. You know, I did fantasy baseball for the first time this year, mm-hmm. and there are so many players across all these teams and it's not just the professional team but then you got to know like all right who are they going to call up because this guy got injured from like triple a yeah and like i don't know all those guys <laughs> so you know if you're in a big like the league that i was in this year for the fantasy focus was a 16 team league if you don't know like the the you know key prospects in double a AA and triple a you're screwed yeah. yeah i don't think um i don't think i'm up for that <laughs> i'm i just it was too much it was too much so but uh, so now you're here doing a, a run of shows. The last album uh, was an EP that you put out called Heartache Machine. Yeah. Uh, the full length you did before that was This World Won't Last Forever, But Tonight We Can Pretend. Awful. Yeah. It is. <laughs> uh, what do you have coming down the pipe now? What else can we be looking forward well, to? Well, like I said, I've been writing a lot this year, and so I have like an album's worth of songs together now. So I'm going to start. Um, in January, go into the studio and start working on full length number three, um, yet to be titled full length album number three. Okay. Um, hopefully I'll get that out in, in like the summer or something like that. So the, I was on Atlantic records for six years and last year was my first year being independent. So those two EPs I put out were my first independent releases and this next, this next one will be my first like independent, um, full length release. So I'm kind of excited about it because it's, I mean, especially the recording process <clears throat> for it to be um, just all like, you don't have any label hands on the creative right. process and the recording process any, or anything like that. So it's going to be fun to be able to to put everything together on my own and with my producer and then possibly after that, like shop it to some labels just to see what happens or just release it independently again. How do you feel like – so in today's society, there are a lot of bands that are foregoing the major label route and either right. signing up with an indie who doesn't control the masters but you know, it's more of like a distro for, yeah. for better or for worse. Um, how have you felt – understanding there are positive and negatives to both sides. You know, When you left Atlantic, has this been as easy or more difficult than what you thought it was going to be? Yes and no. I mean – more difficult. I don't know. It's a lot more work for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's it's good. I, I like I like putting the work into it. It makes me feel more invested in everything. Yep. Um, but there's definitely great things to. I mean, especially being with a label like Atlantic, they yeah. have a lot of um, you know contacts and for sure good. Um, Good stuff to hook me up with, but but overall, I think I like being independent better. But I wouldn't, you know, I I would like to 
to hook up with some kind of independent for sure or something like that. I mean, there's cool. nothing always on the lookout for whatever's right. Help yeah, you just whatever's whatever works really. Yeah, the whole point is easiest way to find your music, you know, for your fans so they can have it and stuff like that. And if that's for you to do it independently, then awesome. And if it's to do it with a label, then that works too. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so you're doing that. Who are you going to – do you know where you're going to record? Who are you going to record with? I'm recording with a friend of mine who's just he, – he started to get into the whole producing world okay. and he's kind of killing it. And I'm, I'm loving the stuff he's doing. His name's um, Randall Kent and uh, so he's going to produce it. And because the album was sort of – or all the songs were born out of this um, communal thing with – my friends and stuff like pushing us with all of us pushing each other to write. And that's sort of where most of the songs came from. I want to approach the recording process the same way and just have like friends play on it and just have it be a process that was, um, similar to how the songs came about in the first place, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you, you had talked about with this, I mean, you guys get together and write a, whether it's you write or you share songs with each other. Mm -hmm. When you write an album, do you write – I mean a lot of the – I feel like the Red Eye EP that you had was just a collection of songs that you had written, hadn't ended up on an album. Yeah. Are you the kind of person that writes you know, 15 to 20 songs and now I pare it down? Or when you're writing a full length, are you – I'm writing 10 songs and all 10 of these are going to end up on the record? Because I don't write a ton, it's something – it's closer to that. I mean there's – of course there's going to be – I'm going to write songs that are just kind of eh, you know. They and just, they don't make it on the right, album. Right, right. At least I hope – Hopefully, people don't listen and be like, oh, that's sort of an eh song. You should have left it off the album. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, everything, I mean, when you're writing, then you're putting – it's not like we're going to record this and then see how it works and fits with everything else. It's like I'm putting it all – I'm putting all of my – For the most part. Yeah, for the most part. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. So, not only are you doing your tour now, but also you uh, you told me beforehand you just came back from China? Yeah. I got back a couple of weeks ago. I was there for two weeks I played in nine different cities. It was incredible, um, but it was it was so hard keeping up with my fantasy football teams from there <laughs> because it's it's well it's twelve hours ahead of East Coast time, which means pretty much every Monday Monday morning like one a.m. on a Monday I'd be in my hotel room like staring at the because you can't watch football there either, so I was just staring at my phone. Really, you, you know, like the play by play thing that it shows yep. on the the ESPN app fantasy app i would just like stare at that for three hours and then go to sleep <laughs> no way yeah. wow i can't believe that they didn't have football for you to watch there i mean it was no it just- nfl just really isn't very big over there they love the nba right um but not football so i that's I crazy was i think i w- it was a total of three sundays that i was gone so it took a lot of work to to keep up with everything i would on like trains and in taxis and stuff i would listen to the um fantasy focus podcast and right Try right. to stay informed and stay up to date on stuff. <laughs> the one nice thing was like waivers would go through in the afternoon. Um, for you. Yeah. When it goes through in the there. middle of the night right. for everyone over here. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And so how was that? I mean, understanding that you were in a completely different country, mm-hmm. you know, playing for people over there. How was that different than like experiences playing here? Was it more like house shows or was it like a club tour? What was it? It was, it was like small clubs, like probably – Around a hundred, okay, um, people at each show average, um, but it, it was weird because most I've had songs on Grey's Anatomy, and that's where most of the people that came to the shows like know my music from. So songs like my song "Out of the Dark," which 
is I mean, I guess fans over here know it, but that was like the biggest one for them over there, and they just like went nuts when I played that song. That's so awesome. It was the the weirdest thing was figuring out how to like play the show because I usually have like this rhythm with a show where with like stage banter and stuff like that. But when people don't understand English, it's hard to do that, <laughs> but you can't really just go like song to song to song to song because that makes the a right. show feel weird too. So I had to find some sort of balance and use and learn some Chinese words and stuff like that. That's <laughs> awesome. Is that, I mean, do you feel like, so for you, I mean, is Grey's Anatomy like the the biggest thing that, that your music has been a part of that like you would, it's definitely, yeah, definitely up there for sure. That and I, I've had some like moderate level of radio play and stuff. So that was that's been good too. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I can't even imagine understanding the, you know, in that situation when you're in China, and you've got a crowd full of people here who maybe you know just assuming they don't speak your language. Yeah, the energy in the room feels like it would feel different than a club of full of a hundred people over here too. Yeah, I mean, the fans over there were like extremely enthusiastic and just stoked to be there. So that made it that made it amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so rad. <laughs> okay, tell me where we can find you. I mean, on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, a website for when you're going on tour and we want to catch you for these house shows. Where can we go? Yeah, I mean, pretty much on everything. It's just Matt Hires, M A T T H I R E S. Um, that's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just my name. Um, and then matthires.com. Yeah, it's all simple. That's awesome. That's so good. Yeah. Matt, it's been a ton of fun having you here. Uh, you've got another week of tour. So if you want, go to matthires.com. Yeah. Your Check tour, out the tour list, dates. Is and there's, I'm, I'm always adding new dates. There'll be a lot next year, I'm sure. And if you're in the Nashville area, definitely check him out. It'll be a ton of fun, Matt. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you, Daniel. And my name is Daniel Dopp. You can follow me on Twitter at Daniel Dopp. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And until next time, keep spinning those records. Oh, 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 oh